Chazal have taught us that an individual should be a Noah Doresh and a Noah Mekayim. Which means, in the American idiom, one should practice what he preaches. Practice what you preach. And therefore, I'm quite uncomfortable addressing this topic here this evening as Rapresensky Shalita mentioned an evening the 5th of E.R. the 69th anniversary of that amazing day in Jewish history when Am Yisrael asserted its independence in the land after nearly 2,000 years Vani Besoch And I live, as I assume almost all of you do, in the Gola, in the diaspora. Nevertheless, since Rabbi Shalita asked that this topic be addressed, and I was pressed into service under particular circumstances, I consider this a, a command performance. And therefore I will try to delineate some of the controversies surrounding what seems to be a clear mandate to live in the Holy Land. We begin by quoting the words of the Ramban. The Ramban is in a number of places. It's in Chumash. By Midbo Lamed Gimel Nud Gimel. V'horash Shaft and Ba. Mitzvah Asay. A positive commandment to live in Eretz Yisrael, to conquer Eretz Yisrael. I will cite the Ramban from a different source. It's Mitzvah Dalid, of the mitzvahs which the Rambam, as he put it nicely, forgot. No one thinks Rambam forgot anything, but that's how the Ramban put it. Mitzvah says, Shechachan Harav. Okay, talk nicely. Many Psukimi quotes. How many notes a mitzvah? Because it's called Milchemes Mitzvah. A Milchemes Mitzvah is to conquer Eretz Yisrael. And don't think. This is the same as Hachrim Tachrimim. You shall eliminate the enemy, the seven nations. No. No. We should not think this is one of the same mitzvah, which according to the Avnenezer is precisely the opinion of the Rambam, as we shall see omits it. The Rambam is not true. They're two separate mitzvahs. If the enemy just, just runs away like the Gigoshi, we're still required to go in and conquer the land. We may, may not leave the land, even if the enemy has disappeared. The Ramban goes a little bit further. There's a mitzvah, it's called Kibush Bechol Hadoros. To conquer in all generations. In addition, there's a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. And he ends. 
mitzvahs asay l'doros, mischayev kol yochid mimenu, v'afilu bizman golos, kayadua betalmud, b'mekomos harbe. The Ramban is saying, number one, it's a mitzvah asay counted in the 613 against the Rambam. It's a mitzvah in all generations, and every individual is obligated as well. Now, every individual is incapable of conquering a land. So therefore it's assumed, and that's what the language of the Ramban implies, that it's a double mitzvah over here. A mitzvah to live in the land. This mitzvah can be fulfilled and it's incumbent upon every individual. And it's a mitzvah to conquer the land. To conquer the land clearly requires a national effort. The Megillah's Esther printed in the standard Sefer HaMitzvah, says, not like the Abnei Nezer, that the Rambam concedes that the mitzvah exists, except it's just subsumed under Hachri and Tachri. He says, no. The Rambam doesn't count it for a different reason. The Rambam only counts mitzvahs which are forever. This mitzvah is not forever. It's a mitzvah which applied the time of Yoshua ben Nun. And in recent times, it no longer applies. On the contrary, says the Megillah Sester, we're not supposed to try to conquer Eretz Yisrael by force. As the Gemara tells us in Masech Teksubah, Tafkuf Yudalaf and Manalaf, there are three Shavuos. Three oaths. Shaloyalu Bechoma, Says Rashi, Biyad Chazaka, we shouldn't attempt to conquer the land by force. Avnenezer is very upset. He says, that doesn't fit. Do you mean to tell me that any mitzvah that right now cannot be fulfilled on a level of the Raisa does not count towards the 613? How then does the Ramam count the mitzvah of Truma and the mitzvah of Maser? They too are not by Torah law at the present time. Yes. When Mashiach will come, it will be reinstated. There will be the entirety of Israel coming together back to the Holy Land. It will become Doraes, Abiyaz, Kulchem, etc. So if that's considered one of the 613, so too should the midst of conquering the land be one of the 613. Even right now, even if you'll grant that, that right now we're not to do it because of the three Shavuos, so what? It will at one day be reinstated. And therefore should be considered the mitzvah of the Doros and should count. So therefore there are so far two reasons why the Ramadan didn't count it. One, it's part of Hachim Tachim, the Ramban himself suggests and Avdan Ezer accepts. Two, the Megillus Esther, it's a mitzvah of the Shah, not the Doros, which Avdan Ezer roundly rejects. Some say, it's a mitzvah koleles. It's a general mitzvah. The Rambam in Shoresh Dalid says general mitzvahs don't count. It leads up to the ability to live in a holy place, to fulfill many mitzvahs which cannot be fulfilled elsewhere. Some actually attach it to Kiddush HaChodesh. The Rambam famously writes it can only be performed in Eretz Yisrael. Some attach it to true Muslim Isis itself. Those who learn Gittin, Davvez, know that Tosfus says there that 
Kedusha's Eretz Yisrael with respect to living in Eretz Yisrael is contingent upon the Kedusha of Atrumus and Masrus. And Akka was divided in half. The Ramban there, perhaps the Shitaso, disagrees. The Ramban says that even if it does not have the status of Eretz Yisrael to ob- obligate you in Trumas and Masros, nonetheless, there's a midst of living in Eretz Yisrael there, nonetheless, because it has a, what my Rebbe called, a shame Eretz Yisrael. Most significantly, there were those who say, the Rambam did not interpret that Pasuk to mean a mitzvah Yes, it's incumbent upon us even now, but it's not explicit as one of the 613. Although undoubtedly it is, to quote the post game, Zel Chefetz Hashem. Now saying that something is a Chefetz Hashem, but is not necessarily explicit, leads to a formulation that I heard from my Rebbe the Rav, and it's my Rebbe Rabban Salvation, the same word, and Ramosh is exactly the same word as the Gosmosha, that the mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael is a mitzvah kiyumis, and not chiyuvis. Chiyuvis means it's absolutely obligatory. No ands, ifs, or buts. Kiyumis means you fulfill the, a mitzvah if indeed you live in Eretz Yisrael. But it's not completely obligatory. What would we call today? It's an elective. You know, there are required courses, and there are electives. Requ- you m- required, you must have this course, no matter what. And there are electives. It's a mitzvah to, which can be fulfilled by living in Eretz Yisrael. And there are many other mitzvahs, kiyumios. Many. Rabbi Yosef is a very strong question. How can it possibly be a mitzvah kiyumis, and not obligatory, what we are taught in the Gemara at the very end of Ksubis, that's the Mishnah upon which that Gemara of the three Shuas is found. Which means, there's a couple, and one party wants to live in Israel, and one wants to remain in Tinek. The halacha is, the one who wants to move to Israel, has the upper hand. And can compel, if you will, the spouse to move together with him or her to the Holy Land. And if not, give a ksuba, forfeit a ksuba, we're not learning Hilchus Ksubas right now. He asks Rabbi Vadi Yosef, how is it possible that you can in effect compel someone to go to Eretz Yisrael under pain of either paying or losing a Ksuba? In his words, Im chiyuvis, lama yichpu. If it's not obligatory, why should we force the spouse by either compelling payment or forfeiting the ability to collect the Ksuba? That's his question. It seems to me and this question cannot possibly be a good question. It sounds like a strange statement. I'll explain to you. The same mission says, If one spouse wants to live in Tel Aviv, the other in Yerushalayim, so once again, the spouse that wishes to live in Yerushalayim has the upper hand with the same rules and regulations. I don't think there's anybody who thinks that there's a, an obligation to live in Yerushalayim as opposed to Tel Aviv. You don't like Tel Aviv, B'nai Brak, okay? For those who, who have other considerations. Maybe we'll get to it at the end of the Shia if we have time. You can't compel someone to move from B'nai Brak to Yerushalayim. B'nai Brak is also Eretz Yisrael. Nonetheless, the Mishnah tells us, and it's quoted in Shulchan Aruch, that yes, you forfeit a Ksuba, or you have to pay a Ksuba, in such a circumstance. Must be, it must be, 
Yerushalayim has greater Kedusha, and you can compel the spouse because you want to be in a, in a setting of greater Kedusha, so too, so too, Eretz Yisrael has greater Kedusha, no one, di- no one doubts that, it's a mitzvah kiyumis. But of course, if it's a mitzvah kiyumis, I called it an elective, you can choose different electives. Talmud Torah, a greater level of Talmud Torah, a greater level of Tzedakah. Some individuals, if they move to Eretz Yisrael, will have less money and will be giving less tzedakah. Some will have less time and there will be less Talmud Torah. If one is a teacher of Torah and if he moves to Eretz Yisrael, he will no longer be able to function in the same capacity, then, to the contrary, he should stay in, um, where he is. Rav Sternbach has in his Chuvas Van Hogos, the first volume. If you're allowed to leave Eretz Yisrael to study Torah, which the Gemara says, how much more so may you leave in order to teach Torah? And whereas when you go to learn Torah, you should come back when you finish learning. When you go to teach Torah, you may stay, or may stay in the first place, as long as your services are needed. There's no obvious replacement to do what you are doing. The Tshuvah Smaram Shik, Yeridea Simon Reish Chafhei, referring to a rabbi who wanted to leave his post and go to Eretz Yisrael, said, you're not allowed to leave. You cannot, the, the captain cannot leave the ship. You are manning a post. And you know, in his world, and certainly in today's world, there's all kinds of winds are blowing. And if a rub is able to plug his finger into the hole in the, in the dike, and be able to maintain Kedusha Vitahara and Shmira Samitsis Kedasa Kedim. And if he leaves, there'll be a new vote, and who knows who the rabbi is going to be, and Khalilah Vachasa Kehila can suffer, he may not leave. Interestingly, in the Kovas Igros Achiezer, Volume 2, I believe it's Tov Shin Mem Gimel, there's a lot of letters there. There was a series of letters from Abchayim Ezer to Gedole Eretz Yisrael from 1927, I believe, when he wrote to Tzvi Pesach Frank, who wanted him to come on Aliyah. I believe it was 1932. He wrote to Rav Kook, who wanted him to come, will make you the chief rabbi. Ah, but he was the chief rabbi. So we're going to give him a post. It says, in the bottom, we'll call him the Reish Kaluso. We call it the Rabbi Shalkov and Agola. Give him an official title. Come. He refers you to Tshuvas Maram Shik and says, I can't leave. I wanted to leave. And... They said, they need me here. When the Chavetz Chaim wanted to leave, they said, we needed him here. So, I'm sorry, I'd love to come, but I cannot come. Obviously, one has to apply this principle appropriately. Interestingly, there's a Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says that although if he wants to go on Aliyah and she not, she can be compelled on the pain of loss of Ksuba. The other way around doesn't work. She wants Aliyah and he doesn't. Ain't Kofin. It's against the Gemara. It's against the Gemara. Not only against the Gemara, that's Kufyud. It's against the Tosefta. How can the Yushalmi, which is the Talmud, argue with the Tosefta, which comes from Tanoim? That's the question. So the Maharam, quoting the Tur Ebeno Ezer, Simon Ayin Hayin, and the Mordechai and Ksubas as well, says the Gemara Bavli, is Bizman Abayis. And Yerushalmi is Bizman Hazer. So the obvious question is, wait a minute. 
if it's manazeh, we no longer have the base of Migdash, some law doesn't apply, why should it apply in one direction and not the other direction? So the base Halevi, my Rebbe's great-grandfather and namesake, in the Chelek Beis, end of Simenun, answers, as you might expect a brisker to answer, that there were two dinim. There were two dinim, two halachas. The Ramban, the Ramban means to conquer Eretz Yisrael, and the Ramban, according to the Megillah Esther, that you have to live in Eretz Yisrael to fulfill the mitzvahs of Trumas and Meisrus. Not a separate mitzvah of Sela Doris. Now, Rab Chaim Kohn, quoted in the Torah on that same daf in Ksubasaf Kufyud, said that in later generations it became impossible or very, very difficult to fulfill Trumas and Meisrus. And therefore, the Rambam's reason no longer applies. But the Ramban's reason does apply. However, one can argue that the Ramban's reason does not apply to women. Why does it not apply to women? So the Beis HaLevi says it does not apply to women. They did not get land in Eretz Yisrael. If you look in Brochus Avchof, that's maybe a reason why they may not be obligated in Birchus the Muslim in the Torah. If you look in later Poskim, cited in the Otsar Poskim, Kuntras Yishev Eretz Yisrael, not Benos Kibush Melchamanenu. They're not warriors. And for that reason, the Ramban's mandate does not apply. So therefore, it comes out the Bismana bias <laughs> when it was <laughs> possible to keep Trumas and Masas properly so men and women can fulfill that and can compel the spouse. Today, when it's not, when we're not able to do that so well, so we're left with only one, namely the idea of Kibush. Does not apply to a woman, and therefore the Risham is referring to Bismana Zeh, and the Tosef is referring to Zman Habayas, or at least Zman when Trumas and Masas could be fulfilled properly. But the last line in the, in the um, Beis HaLevi, but I'm stuck with Yerushalayim. This terrace works with respect to Eretz Yisrael, which is the midst of the conqueror. It applies in one direction for men, not for women. But to Eretz Yisrael, to Yerushalayim, where this distinction is, is found, what's the difference between men and women? He ends up with a Tzarechim. Perhaps we can suggest that here too, that here too, there are two dinim. One reason to live in Yerushalayim is simply to come to the base of Migdash, you're closer by, to be Mark of Karbonus. Now Karbonus are brought by men and by women. And therefore, when the time in the base of Migdash existed, it was a mitzvah to live in Yerushalayim for men and for women, and either can compel the other to move to Yerushalayim. But Bizman Azeh, we can suggest, there's another dimension. If you look in the, in the Tshuva Shevet HaLevi, Rav Oznazal, Chela Gimel Simen, Reish Aleph, he says, the Ramban, in Mitzvah Sasei Dalat, that we just said, quotes a Sifri, one of his sources. One of his sources is that is a Mitzvah to be in Eretz Yisrael. And there is described, the description that the Sifri quotes, Eretz HaKnani Fahal of Unknown. What's the unknown, say Chazal, the very next Sifri, is based on Migdash. So therefore, according to this, this Svara, Yerushalayim is a special dimension in terms of Kibush, to conquer Yerushalayim. That's the context of the Postal and Sefer Devarim. So we can then apply the same Lambdas that the Beis Levi taught us, 
with respect to Kibbeh Sheretz Yisrael, it does not apply to women as it does to men, but it's another dimension, another dimension being true Muslims for all of Eretz Yisrael. We can say something similar. Yishlam, there are also Tzvei Dinim. One is Karbonus, applying to men and to women. The other is the extra din of Kibush implied in the Ramban citation of Eretz HaKhani Vanon. The Vanon is Yerushalayim. This women are exempt from, men are obligated, and the same Svart the Beis Halevi himself applied to all of Eretz Yisrael, we could perhaps apply to Yerushalayim as well. Let us return for a moment to those three Shavuos that the Gemara speaks about in Ksubis, which of course, as you may remember, are based on Psukim and Shir Hashirim. Mishpati Yashem, says three times, we just read Shir Hashirim very recently on Yom Tov Pesach. So the Postkim there say that these Shavuos only apply to the Tzibur. Shaloyalu Bachoma, the community at large. The community at large. The Rashbash, that's the Rashbash's son, says, for that very reason, that the Ramban's mandate would not apply to the Tzibur at large nowadays because of the three Shavuos. Some say this is only true if the majority of, er- of Am Yisrael decides to descend upon Eretz Yisrael with force. Rabbi, the demographers are, are fighting now when the tipping point is or was or will be when the majority will be in Eretz Yisrael. Huh? It happened already? Yeah. It depends exactly how you count. Oh, I mean, between Israel and American Jewry. No, that's for sure. Be, uh, uh, America's in second place, is for sure. Right. But I'm talking Israel versus all Jews. Right. Uh, I think it's still not, not there yet. It's relevant to this discussion, if indeed there's such a problem still exists. Of course, it is famous that Rameh Simcha of Dvinsk in 1917 when the nations gathered in San Remo to officially offer the land of Israel to the people of Israel, Sar Pachad Shavuos, those who were afraid theologically of these three Shavuos, and that was the opinion of the Munka Cherebbe, now the Satmer school, Satmer wrote many Svarim about this, he says, no, once the nations give us permission to come in, there's no longer any problem. No longer any problem. <laughs> There's the Ramban in Sefer Geula. Those who can look up in Rabbi Shavel's edition, Chelik Aleph, page Reish Ayin Dalu, seems to say, well, maybe even after we received Rishus in the time of the beginning of Bayashani, there was some kind of justification of the people at the time that didn't want to go back, didn't want to go back. Lo Litcho there are many who feel very strong this cannot be. Because the Gemara Yuma Daftesim at Beis says, again based on the Pasuk in Shira Shirim, had we come back in masses, it would have been a much more lasting and permanent and beautiful and grandiose based on Migdash, Atiras Kesef. But because we didn't, only a small percentage came back, it was the Luach Eres, it was t- temporary and weak and not so beautiful, etc. So obviously we're supposed to come back supposed to come back. And the Ramban was just giving a, a, a defense attorney's argument it shouldn't be so bad the fact that we didn't come. In any event, uh, the Gemara doesn't have Litro Gesaketz. There's Lerache Gesaketz. Rashi quotes one Gersa, we shouldn't be Doche Gesaketz, Betach Nunim. Betfilos, which is also hard to understand. We dive in every day that 
that Yerushalayim should be built what, what, what more is in the, it's hard to understand what that means in any event according to our gears it's not there it's only Bechoska as Rashi says and the, many of the recent posts can say that as well so therefore the consensus view is that the three Shavuos do not apply for that reason I remember my Rebbe Rabban Salavechik that Sal told us when he spoke I believe it was the week of Hayir when I was in the Shir I think it was, uh, hmm, let's say, more than 50 years ago, leave it at that, that, that but there are three other shuas in the same Gemara. The three other shuas in the same Gemara is that the Goyim are not supposed to persecute us, Now I'm not sure what Yosemidai means, and, and, but one thing is clear, the Holocaust was certainly Yosemidai, by any stretch. And therefore, Abayin said, they broke their shuah, our shvur no longer exists. If two people have a shvur to one another, it doesn't apply. Now, of course, the Satmar Rebbe, I remember reading the Sefer, I loved it. I said, Yesha pikursim shatonim. And he said that thing that I heard from my Rebbe who was Tzadikus Odolim. So, there are many reasons for which I believe the shvurs, Sar Pachat Hashavuos. Interestingly, Rabbi Yisraeli, who wrote a Sefer, Eretz Chemda, beautiful Sefer, says that the word of the Kibush in the Ramban, well, the Ramban do with the three Shavuos. It's a problem. It is a problem. You know, now we have Rishus. Now they, it was a Holocaust, but what, not in the Ramban's time. He says, well, the word Kibush does not necessarily mean with arms. Kibush says, Shlita alamokom for the purpose of Nachla. To be able to dwell there, to buy property there, to live there without any opposition. He proves it. doesn't mean military independence. Because the Gemara is a Masetah Chagiga Daf Gimel. Harbe Krochim Kovshu Ole Bavel. Now we all know that Ole Bavel didn't conquer anything. The Ramam says so, Beferish. He had Chazaka, he didn't have Kibush. So what do you mean Kovshu Ole Bavel? It means Kovshu to the extent that they were able to carve out for themselves a place where they were able to settle and no one bothered them. And now that was sufficient. Remarkably, so again, in the Old Torah Post, they quote Rabbi Lau in his Shuvah's Yachal Yisrael, who also says that Kibush doesn't mean battle. He says, look, the purpose of Kibush, he claims, is for the purpose of Kedusha for Trumas and Maestros. And he says, If the original Kedusha is still here, there's no need for an additional Kibush. And if the original Kedusha is not here, Today's kibush won't help. Not even in the Ramban's time. You need a kibush robbing through a Sanhedrin. So that's what, that's what they say. Interestingly, we keep speaking about a mitzvah to live in Eretz Yisrael. Tell me, do you have to have a mitzvah strichas kavana? So we pass in the Shulchan Aruch. Does every Jew, every moment in Eretz Yisrael have to have a kavana to fulfill the mitzvah in order that he should have a kima mitzvah? So many can say no. Any mitzvah they claim that the Ica purpose is the totsah, is the result, need not have kavanah. The, the example is Puravu. The person need not have kavanah for mitzvah Puravu when he does something which enables him to have a boy and a girl. So too over here. At the end of the day, there's going to be a mitzvah, a greater mitzvah. The Ramban writes that the Ica mitzvahs, this coming week's parsha, parsha is Achimos. The Ramban writes that the Ica mitzvahs are all in Eretz Yisrael. And you'll be able to do that if you live in Eretz Yisrael. And when you do those mitzvahs, you're going to have kavana for the mitzvahs. But, living in Eretz Yisrael itself, need to have constant kavana.
But here's a very significant issue. A person has no parnasa. All the posts can say, you're not permitted to leave your family behind to go to Eretz Yisrael and Aliyah. And you leave your wife and kids behind without parnasa. Not allowed to do that for many reasons. One, you have an obligation to your family. And two, many claim that the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael is fulfilled in its totality only if you have your parnasa from Eretz Yisrael. The Avnei Nezim, his landmark shuvah right. That's why the Gedolei Achasidus didn't go on Aliyah. They had no independent source of Parnas in the Holy Land. And even if the Achasidim will support them from Europe, that's not a full fulfillment of the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. What if you can make a living but not berevach, just betzimtzum? It's a sugah cotton. And according to the way the Paschal Halacha, so it would appear, a person may leave Eretz Yisrael in order to have what's called a harvacha, to make a, a bit of a better living. Obviously, to become a millionaire is not necessary. But to make what's called a harvacha, they should, shouldn't have to worry about every single penny, would be permissible to, to leave. One may not divorce a wife who refuses to go on Aliyah. We discussed about the possibility of ksuba back and forth. But in the first instance, one may not do such a thing. Uh, there's no mandate to live, to live in Eretz Yisrael in such conditions <laughs> and it's a Kavach Omer you may leave Eretz Yisrael to find a wife how much more so may you stay in Eretz Yisrael with your present wife rather than divorce her or abandon her to go to the Holy Land indeed the Ramban writes is a mitzvah to buy karka in Eretz Yisrael we saw it to buy could be again there are two dinner one is to buy land, and one is to live in the land. And you can have one without the other. You can rent in Eretz Yisrael, so you have a partial mitzvah. You can buy in Eretz Yisrael and live here. There are all too many people who have apartments in Eretz Yisrael, especially in Yerushalayim, and they're living here except for one week a year. They come to live in the Holy Land, so mm, it's a discussion about that now in various places. But you do have a partial fulfillment if you own land there, as the Avnanezer writes in the Tshuva as well. There's a, there's a critical way that you, even those who are living here and who do not have an apartment in Eretz Yisrael can fulfill the mitzvah in part. Lahachzik bidei Yoshve Eretz Yisrael. To help out individuals who are living in Eretz Yisrael. The Marik says for this reason there were those who gave priority to Ania Yerushalayim over Ania Yericha to have this schus of a chalet in Yishev Eretz Yisrael. By a show of hands, who here has children living in Eretz Yisrael? Raise your hand. Who here helps those children living in Eretz Yisrael? Raise your hand. The same hands are up. Otherwise it's really difficult to, to manage. I, I can raise my hand too. I, my children say I need this. I say, Baruch Hashem, you're giving me an opportunity to fulfill the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz I mean it very seriously. The post can say, if you live in America, as I said at the beginning of this year, who am I to say anything? Well, I have some, I don't have an apartment, but I have some chalik in helping individuals who live in Eretz Yisrael who otherwise would have difficulty managing. They have to be my children, my grandchildren, okay, but nonetheless, the mitzvah of Yishev Eretz Yisrael, at least in part, in such a circumstance. Interestingly, we are told in Gemara Gittin, on Avches, you're allowed to tell a Goya on Shabbos, to write a document to acquire land in Eretz Yisrael. Now, 
we generally paskin against the Balhitr that you may not do that. Writing, we assume, against the Ozeru as a Daraisa. So how can you tell a God to do a Daraisa? Something must, must be special about Yishev Eretz Yisrael. It's something special. The Ramban writes in Shabbos of Kuflamid, you know why it's special? It's a mitzvah, it's a oeles, l'kol Yisrael. This could be the source of what the post can say, that even those who disagree with the Eater will agree that if it's a mitzvah, the Rabbim, you may tell a guy, if the Eirev falls down, you're allowed to tell a guy to do even a Doraisa, it's a mitzvah, the Rabbim. It's not, it's not the whole Am Yisrael, but it's a microcosm. It's a whole city. So you may, you may do so if it's a mitzvah, the Rabbim. The Ritzvarites, Rosh Hashanah Lamed Beis, no, a different reason. It's Kayev Asliolam. If you buy property in Eretz Yisrael, that belongs in Jewish hands forever. If you take a lulav, if a minute later, the mitzvah is gone. Here the mitzvah is forever. Laniyaz Daiti, this is a basis for what Tosh says elsewhere, that not only is Yishev Eretz Yisrael a mitzvah rabbah, but so is a mitzvah pruru, a mitzvah rabbah, for the same reason that it lasts forever. This is halachic ramifications, telling a guy to do a malacha for purpose of pruru, fertility treatments, etc., etc. Having said all this, We've gone through some of the technicalities. Most of what I said is found in the Sefer Otsar Aposkin, Kuntras Yishev Eretz Yisrael, Volume Chof. But now we get back to the original question. Is it time to go there to make Aliyah? So the answer is clearly yes, based on everything we said until now. The person who's able to do so, it's certainly a, a time to make Aliyah, to, to fulfill this wonderful mitzvah, whether it's one of the Taryag or not, Chiyuvis or Kiyumis. Of course, if it's Chiyuvis, the calculus changes, then you have to have a really good excuse not to go. And there were still excuses. Sakona Sadrachim, which no longer replies. Trumus and Mises, no longer replies. Parnasa still applies. Those who can't make it in Eretz Yisrael and have to live off Tzedakah, so two things are wrong. One, we're supposed to be financially dependent, not to be a strain and a drain in the community. And two, if the support is coming from this, from America, you don't have a full fulfillment anyway. So it doesn't make sense. Are there other considerations? Yes. One must take into account the spiritual atmosphere of where you are. The whole idea of Eretz Yisrael, according to many of the posts we cited until now, is that it's a very, very holy land. The Ramban, in this week's parasha again, says it's such a holy land that again, the mitzvahs that we fulfill here are almost a kind of a practice. He quotes the Rashi, says in Parshas Ekev and Vayim Shemoah, the Ramban quotes more from Chazal. Then we come back to Eretz Yisrael, we should remember how to put on tefillin, but the really, really absolute fulfillment is only in Eretz Yisrael. That's why he writes the Ovos, kept the Torah only in Eretz Yisrael, and Yaakov married two sisters only until he got his Eretz Yisrael, etc., etc., etc. He also writes in the same paragraph that Chas v'chalila, the Averis, are also magnified. Because if you do a sin in Paltru and Shomelech in the king's palace, it's worse. That's why he explains that certain people who did Avodah Zarah in Kusa, no one bothered them. When they came to Israel, Sancheir mixed them all up, the lions devoured them. There were no lions in Kusa. There wasn't such a, such a grievous sin because it was not far away from the king's palace. So we have to be careful in moving to Eretz Yisrael to make sure that it will be not only a, uh, a physical aliyah, but it also should be a spiritual aliyah. If it's a physical aliyah to the Holy Land with a spiritual yurida, almost all the posts can say 
it should not be attempted. You should not do it. And this is a serious problem for some individuals who come, let's speak about present company, come from a shul like this, where there's so much learning, such beautiful fulfillment of mitzvahs, such a wonderful and warm kehillah of chesed, and some of the individuals who leave a kehillah such as this, and go to certain places in Eretz Yisrael, with a level of Torah and mitzvahs and Yerushimayim, may not be on the same level. I'm not saying anything, I'm not, I'm not going to say one bad word about any particular location. No chetam miraglam over here. But it's been known to happen in particular circumstances. This is not a lot on Eretz Yisrael Chas There are many places where one can go to have a both a physical and a spiritual aliyah. But if one goes to a place where there'll be a spiritual yurida with a physical aliyah, I, I, I think it's a very serious issue. And, and uh, almost all the Rabbanim will say, you should not do it. Number one. Number two. Children. Children. Ironically, one of the greatest reasons that people go on Aliyah nowadays is their children. It's the tuition crisis. The tuition crisis. As you know, it's not the topic for tonight. I've spoken about it before. Tuition is supposed to be paid for by the community, not by the parents. There's only one place where it happens. And there is Israel. They tax you to the gazoo and they provide you with free schooling. More or less, you know, the, the from schools are not quite, for, not quite free, but almost free. Uh, you have a very strong rabbi here, but even he is unable to tax the people that they should pay the fee mammon, so there shouldn't be a burden on, on parents of young children. So I know people who are going on Aliyah because they can't afford a tuition there. Now, that's a wonderful reason to go on Aliyah. There are many good reasons. But where are your children going to be raised? And at what age are they? There are some very distinguished people or experts in the field. I'm not one of them. One particular reverend goes around from place to place. And she tells you, if you want to go on Aliyah, go either when your children are young or when they're grown. If you go in the middle, you risk what they call today off the derech because the kids are confused and they, they, they're out of their comfort zone and we see too many times this happens. I, I don't give full credence to this kind of a statement, but you have to worry about it. There are, there are cases where this is, a, this is a problem. And of course, there are those who just can't hack it. Aristotle is a very intense place. It's very intense. Positions that an individual can occupy in this country, in this gullus, we'll call it an our part of the world. The world that's occupied by the people in this room. You can be... You know, you have a black hat, you don't have a black hat. You can all be together, it's not a problem. Your child goes to one school or another school, it's, it's not a problem. You know, it's, it's, it's not a problem. It's just, it gets along fine with all the differences which uh, exist in our midst. Sometimes in Eretz Yisrael, is a, we'll call it a polarization, where individuals say, uh, you wear it with a black hat or without a black hat or as the kids get older with the army or without the army or without the army with register or not register I mean there's, there's so many lines of demarcation Rahman al-Islam and some people can't can't, uh, can't they can't handle it can't handle it it's a big argument for those who go on Aliyah should they maintain some of their American values or are they required to give them up so that their children should integrate into the society at large. 
I'm a believer in maintaining the positive values of the Orthodox Jewish community in America. There's a greater sense of live and let live, which I believe is a very important uh, concept. You find less of that in an intense society by definition. They're fighting over turf. They're fighting over turf, you know. Someone once was discussing why in a particular uh, group in Eretz Yisrael they're fighting, and in America they're not fighting. They said very simple. In Eretz Yisrael they're trying to get money from the government. And in America they're giving money. They're giving money. You know, what is, that's about, getting money. Oh, that's where, that's where it gets a little bit rough and tough. That's part of the issue of hafradat dat umadinah. The separation of church and state, which of course is not an ideal, but at the same time, there were those who were advocating it because there's too much chil Hashem when individuals act in a dishonest way, promoting their agenda, and they think that their agenda is very, very important, which undoubtedly it is, but either being dishonest, or, forgive me, being violent, or being dis- disrespectful to Gedolei Torah of a different group, this is all not appropriate. And in this country, again, because of different circumstances, there's less of it. These are all considerations that have to be brought to bear when making a very, very important decision. Is it time to go on Aliyah? There are many who postpone their Aliyah until their retirement. They live a life in this country, and as long as they have financial responsibilities to make a living, they feel they cannot do it in Eretz Israel, but they can do it here in this country. And then they retire to Eretz Israel. Uh, generally speaking, I'm speaking personally now, I'm against retirement. I found that retirement for someone who is in good health, is able to continue doing what they've been doing until now, often leads to what Chazal talk about, again in Ksubis, about Tolem, Avila, Deshimum, they're not sufficiently uh, occupied and preoccupied in what they're doing. Of course, the great exception to this is someone who can retire and go back to the yeshiva, go back to the kolel, go back to the base medish with greater enthusiasm and zeal. He's been away for so many decades. That kind of a retirement, that's not a retirement. That's an aliyah, a real aliyah. Aliyah ruchnis, and both geographical and spiritual, for an individual who has that in him, to be able to uh, spend years after retiring from full-time work in Parnassah, now that that yoke has been taken off his shoulders, to be able to learn full-time in the Holy Land, it, re- it rejuvenates, it's wonderful, I recommend it strongly, for those who are able to do it. Not everyone who has been out of the base fetish for a few decades and has been involved in, the, in, the, in commerce or profession can just suddenly just switch back and go back to the way he was, we hope he was, when he was a youngster, when he was learning full-time in his Shana Aleph in Eretz Yisrael, and thank God, as the years go by, there are people who are my age, who are retiring, who spent the Shana Aleph in Eretz Yisrael with Great Asmada, and they're going back to, again to the Great Asmada. That's, that's ideal. That's certainly a time to make Aliyah. Again, if there are no greater common responsibilities here, which is the Ram Shik and Rav Chaim Moses said, one should not abandon the ship if you're a captain of a particular group. There's much more to be said about this timely topic. I would be remiss if I did not conclude since tonight is Ha'ir 
with the fact that there's no question, at least for those who think the way we think, that the events that took place beginning on Hayyir 69 years ago, the reestablishment of an independent state in Eretz Yisrael, of Am Yisrael, is something which is of great import. My Rebbe wrote a famous essay, it's called Cold Odi Dofeik. I read it so many years ago in Hebrew, and then I even have it now in English. If you know the Hebrew, it's much better if you read it in the original Hebrew. If not, it's worthwhile reading in English. I'm told that in many places in Eretz Yisrael, that is a mandatory reading on Heir. Don't know if it's spread to this country, it certainly should. Read there, the Rav explained how theologically it's so important, how practically it's so important, how on so many levels we hear the knock of Kodesh Baruch Hu. He's knocking. Called Odi Dofeik. And if we somehow squander the opportunity, it's a problem. The Pesukim go on so dramatically and say, Pashatati is kutanti, I'm already went to sleep for the night, I can't answer the knock on the door. And then he realized, whoa, I have to get up. By the time he got there, who knows what said the Rav, and there was, I believe it was Yom Atzmud, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 61 years ago, if I'm not mistaken, when he gave this Russia. Many years have passed since that knock. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu, is still knocking. If you think about what's happened in Eretz Yisrael since that Russia was given, in the last more than 60 years, unbelievable and amazing. I happen to be a witness to the, perhaps the most dramatic week in that entire 60 plus year history when I was studying in Karen Avenue 50 years ago when the events of the Six Day War transpired and I was there. That's a topic for a different night in a different Russia which can take longer than everything I said until now. I'm not going to go there. But just having witnessed that and lived through that it gives you certain unforgettable experience that you'll never forget for the rest of your life. And therefore I give everybody here a bracha that if indeed you come to the conclusion that the time has come for you to make aliyah, it should be a wonderful aliyah. As the Pasuk says, that there should be an aliyah, which is a wonderful aliyah. Alon aleh, v'yarashnu asaki yochel nuchala. And we say, alu v'atzlichu. You should be, go up and be successful. Successful in in Gashmius and to be able to maintain a proper standard of living much more importantly based upon your success in your worldly affairs to have great success in spiritual affairs when you come to the Paltim and Shomelech we are mitzvahs are so much more meaningful and hopefully together with all of Kla Yisrael your mitzvahs will hasten the time of the Bias HaMashiach Bimheira of Yameinu Amen Vameinu